Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Gina. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't wait for today's episode. We are going to be discussing the very important topic of gut health and the psychic diet with our incredible guest, Gina Laverde. Thank you so much for being with us today, honey. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have Gina in my house just because her energy is like, oh my God, it's so incredible. There's like not even human words. I can imagine. Between the two of you, there must be some crazy energetic vortex that is is beaming up to all kinds of galaxies (laughs) up there. I'm surprised that like the equipment is working actually. I am too. I know, that's a miracle. (laughs) We are usually very short-circuited out at this point (laughs) within two minutes into the episode when there's too many high vibrational beings in the room. Um, Great. So before we get into this incredible topic, we would love to announce that this week's episode is proudly sponsored by Otto's Naturals. As a health conscious person, I am so proud to announce that this episode's sponsor is Otto's Naturals. Otto's has managed to create a flower that looks, tastes, and works like wheat flour, but is made out of non-GMO cassava root, which is perfect for all your gluten-free baking needs. Yes, more on this later, but for now, use our exclusive discount code MLF at checkout for 20% off your order at ottosnaturals.com. All righty. Now, where were we? I believe, Jenna, you were just about to introduce our amazing guest to everyone properly. Absolutely. So Gina Laverdi is a medical intuitive psychic development teacher and writer who dove into the power of natural health when her son became very ill and received a diagnosis of autism. Since 2006, she has witnessed the complete recovery from autism, seizures, allergies, tumors, fatigue, and a myriad of digestive imbalances through embracing probiotic foods and the innate psychic power that we all have. She has helped hundreds of families from around the world manifest their best health and tune into their own power to heal. She has lived off grid, grown food permaculture style, and had a baby at home in the desert with only the guidance of her husband and spirit. And that baby is named Violet Sky, I might add. So such a cute name. <laughs> um, she is currently pursuing her PhD in natural health and lives in California with her family. Visit her at blisslife.com where she shares very fresh information, clash, classes, and healing for this ascension time. Wow, Gina, quite a journey you've been on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, uh, Jenna, would you like to share your definition with us in the audience on gut health and the psychic diet so we know exactly what we're getting involved in today? Well, so this is my stab at a definition for gut health and the psychic diet. 
We are all starting to hear that the gut is our second brain and is crucially important in immunity and our overall health. What we haven't heard yet is that by eating a diet that is rich in probiotic foods, we can actually increase our psychic abilities as well. Do you agree with that, Gina? I totally agree with that. Okay, good. That's just a double whammy. I know, right? The win-win situation. Yeah. Okay, so let's get straight into it. Gina, haha, this time (laughs) you're in the hot seat now. So how did you come to understand the importance of the gut in our overall health? So it happened through one of those dark nights of the soul. You know, my my son was vaccine injured, and um, that led to a lot of digestive imbalances, including diarrhea. Um, and so the gut was a was a big focus in mine of mine in his healing. And it was through body ecology diet that was like my first you know teacher here on earth of you know, how to heal the gut, what does the gut do, why do we want to heal it, and um, how the gut affects the brain. That was a big thing, how the gut affects the, how the, you know, gut in your tummy affects the brain in your head, because yeah, it is our second brain. It is known as our second brain. So I know you had just said that your son had gotten very sick. Um, can you explain a little bit about how that sickness was connected to the gut? Like how did his gut come to be involved in all of that? Absolutely. So after he had received his vaccinations, he, um, he received a DTaP vaccination and he had a reaction, which included immediate fever seizures. And this slowly developed, or I should say gradually developed into, um, various like infections that were acute that we needed to treat or we thought we needed to treat. So um, antibiotics, um, lots of overuse of antibiotics. He had six rounds of antibiotics back to back. And when I started to see um, more natural practitioners and they asked what he had had and how many, they thought that was a very irresponsible thing to do for a child of his age or for anybody. Can I just ask you, why did they think that six rounds back-to-back would be effective when like two rounds back-to-back hadn't been? Why would they just keep doing it? And and to be honest with you, they also prescribed cough medicines that we didn't give, tried to give him the flu shot while he was sick. Um, Part of this, I believe, is because – I believe this is because we did kind of doctor hop. We did kind of go from doctor to doctor while we would tell the doctor Um, I think there wasn't a lot of focus on our case. Um, They weren't very mindful about what they were doing, uh, to be honest with you. Sometimes Uh. we would go into the emergency room with my son because um, we had moved from one part of the city to the next. We didn't want to see the doctors who had given him his vaccinations. We were just, um, we, we weren't being, we weren't on top of it ourselves. And when we would say, well, you know, he had already had four rounds, um, in fact, I can remember a nurse looking at me and kind of laughing. Oh, it's okay, honey. Kids get sick. Kids are going to sometimes need medicine. I said, you know, he didn't need it up until now. Oh, well, you're lucky then. Do nurses have any idea about the repercussions of antibiotics on the gut? Are they informed on that or there's no correlation? I just don't know that they they know this uh, through their schooling, but I know that I work with a lot of nurses who study on their own, and uh, they're certainly aware. So I I don't know if it's a part of their their schooling. I I don't I can't really judge, but I I don't necessarily think because it's so new. Because you know, even though we've kind of been learning a lot about gut health, maybe for the last ten years, 
it takes a while to get this into the into the textbooks. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a lot of available information and classes out there, you know, that people can take. But I mean, if you just look, I know I've said this about a hundred times, but if you look at the food at hospitals, right. you oh will see that there is a major disconnect between the medical industry and what they think it's healthy, good to eat. In we a body. go to the hospitals right. to get better, and they end up poisoning us. <laughs> right. And so many people get to the. I mean, that, not that that's their fault. That we we catch things when we go to hospitals, but there is a major disconnect. I think just generally in the medical industry around food, food. as medicine or poison. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Very strange, but that's all changing. Talking to the new paradigm today. <laughs> okay, so Gina, back to your story. You said that antibiotics, you're popping around to doctors, then you got slammed with a round of antibiotics, which surely didn't help the gut health either. Mm-hmm. Then what happened? So after, um, oh, I, I want to say miracle after miracle, Amber, <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened. You know, once I discovered the body ecology diet, I learned that what goes in our tummy affects our brain. That's it. So it's not just like when you drink alcohol, you know, I, I was aware. It, it, that's how I became aware. I was like, oh, okay, so like if I take, you know, this pill, I can't. In fact, I had taken some pain medicine with my, I had my wisdom teeth out and I actually crashed our car. Wow. <laughs> really? So, you know, then I put that in my head and I'm like, okay, well, you know, you, you can't take certain medication. You can't take, you can't drink alcohol. You, um, then what I put into my tummy, my stomach, my digestive system, of course, it's talking to my brain. Of course, it's affecting my behavior, my judgment. So uh, so it just plain made sense. That is something that I really believe is that it it made sense to me. So I kept, I kept going forward with it. Um, yeah. So the miracle I think there is that I was able to make quick changes because I believed that they would work. I wasn't afraid. But I was really disenchanted with the medical establishment by that time. I felt like they didn't care. Mm-hmm. And so, so, but we were at the part where, where her son had had like the six rounds of antibiotics, his gut health was decimated and he started to show autism spectrum right. um, behaviors right. and was actually diagnosed autistic. autistic. So, on, um, so he was labeled with autism by the school system in Chicago. That took about a year of evaluations where all they look at is his behaviors. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like a series of questions and you go in there various times and different people look at him and they judge him. <laughs> and then he was also um, looked at by a, an amazing doctor who did hair tissue mineral analysis, lots of behavioral analysis, lots of talking to me, lots of looking at poop and stools and things like that to determine what was actually going on inside of his body. Now that doctor called me on the phone and said, literally, I said, I wanted the, I said, if he has autism, doctor, don't lie to me, tell me, you know, I can take it because whatever he has, whatever this is making him sick, we're going to undo it. And he said, Gina, um, I refuse to say that your son has autism. What your son has is a vaccine injury. And here's the results of your test. And just as I thought, you know, these ingredients are in the test. These ingredients are in his blood. We got the evidence that he's not uh, receiving nutrients from his food. He's undernourished and he's he needs minerals and such and such. Um, so, but on the other side, uh, they said that my son had severe autism, that he would pro- probably never be able to cross the street by himself. <laughs> And that he was most likely going to need to be institutionalized. My son was 
three when we received that. So, I mean, that was like, how can you say? You should have seen me at the IEP meeting. I was 27 years old and I was so much You look like you're about 23 right now. So can you imagine how I looked at that age? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, literally, I was like this little girl at this table with like 13 uh, grownups kind of who like they know everything and I know nothing. And I say, how could you tell me that my son who's three now, who who I hold his hand when I'm walking down the street, how could you tell me that one day he's never going to be able to cross the street on his own? No three-year-old can cross the street on their own. So my son has all of the potential in the world. And you're telling me, no. And <laughs> then they had this autism specialist at the table who had M&Ms. He was oh a specialist. God. He was an <laughs> autism specialist. And I wanted to hear him speak. I said, teach me about autism. And he said, we like to reward good behavior. And I was like, is my son a dog? I was just like, literally at the table, like, good boy, you can have some M&Ms. And and I was M&Ms, like, M&Ms, preservatives, and, sugar, and milk. And why are you giving M&Ms? That, and, you know, and, and he was, my son was having a lot of improvement. Um, eye contact, you know, words, repeated words, um, just looking better. Just everything was just improving. And after, with, with your alternative with protocol. With the alternative practice while we were getting, while we were receiving all of these different evaluations and prior to the final results, he had improved so much. And I stood up and said, you know, Maybe he had severe autism when we came in here a year ago, but he does not have it anymore. But uh, I might, and we talked about this earlier, I I did sign the paper that said he had severe autism. And that is why when, like even a year after that, I just burned all of that. I was like, no. (laughs) But it's actually kind of awesome that you signed that because that's like proof of how far he's come. Mm-hmm. You know, but go ahead, Amber. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just saying how dangerous it is to receive to be to be giving out prognoses, right? To say that your what that does to the human psyche and to the mind for someone right. to yes. hear, especially at that vulnerable right. young ripe age of twenty three, where you haven't usually you haven't cracked the code on the fact that everyone's just making it up, and <laughs> you're you know, right. you have this intuition and the body's wisdom that can defy your your future basically and just to hear that what that would do to the average person and I can just imagine how many people have received scary doom doomful prognoses and it's they've just accepted it and then they've almost allowed that or they've fed that reality self-fulfilling prophecy and then that becomes their child's life just because Mm -hmm. one doctor was uninformed or one Mm. authority figure or multiple authority figures Right, yeah, or thir- 13 uh, <laughs> specialists at a table. Uh, yeah, it was. Wow, well, was you crazy. are clearly a little bit more savvy to that. <laughs> so, well done. So, you heard that, and that probably lit a fire in you. And then you went and mm-hmm. found your other specialist, the one that looks at the body, the mind, everything holistically. He then put you on a protocol. Was he the one that steered you towards the gut being the master commander almost in the second? The well, second she found brain? that book, right? Well, oh, actually, the body ecology. Right. I actually found uh, I actually found Donna Gates and body ecology diet prior to meeting this doctor. I decided I needed a doctor, you know, a- after I read the book and started things. I wanted to actually he was healing pretty well, but I wanted to know what was going on inside of him. And I got somebody who can test. And actually, um, I shared our doctor 
uh, was a holistic, holistic doctor that recently passed away. Um, so, um, he didn't actually, um, put us on a protocol as much as, um, tell us like, um, what was going on inside my son's body and kind of educate me on what, what that meant. And then we tried some of his supplements and unfortunately they didn't work, but fortunately it taught me how to begin really understanding the gut and sort of become that medicine woman with the pro bugs in my kitchen, kind of like, okay, well, he's not absorbing these particular, um, these particular supplements. I have to make them simpler for his body to digest. So I learned how to ferment, which I had already learned through body ecology, but I had to get even more creative with which bugs would I use and which foods would I, would I ferment. Um, and so we kind of, our first protocol was really like fermented food, you know, diet a lot. I think we went, I think we were 60% fermented food at one point and it wasn't and for a long time. what's fermented food but doing? What was that? Tell us how fermented food is rebuilding the gut health. Sure. So now fermented food is going to contain a lot of that juicy microbiome, you know, a lot of that good probiotic, uh, those bugs, those amazing bugs. And it also pre-digests the food. So it takes your body, you know, about could be up to 80% of your body's energy is spent just assimilating the nutrients that you eat. So if my son was his, not only was his gut damaged, but he was really tired and weak because he wasn't receiving nutrients. It would probably take his body even longer and more, um, you know, just more time and more energy to, uh, assimilate the nutrients from his food. Right. So with the fermented food, they're pre-digested. Okay. And so that means that his body doesn't have to work. It's almost like immediately those proteins are turned into amino acids. The sugars are, are completely consumed. And so we're not worried about like feeding bad bugs. And then the good probiotics help proliferate in your gut um, because it goes in as food. And now they're just 13 years ago, they were not making probiotic powders and pills as, as well as they are now. Um, but I still love the food because the amount of synergistic bacteria that's on that food and it's natural. It's growing on that food because it's already present on that food. It's or it's present also in the starter culture that you might choose to use, whichever one is, you know, good for your body. And it's it's natural. It's it's synergistic versus like something made in a lab, which also can work. And sometimes you need a specific bug that they did, you know, produce in a lab. But for us, um, that food, it just it, it did amazing things for him. Um, I shared earlier with you guys that first week drinking coconut kefir, which is fermented uh, probiotic coconut water, my son began making eye contact with me again. Which is a major autism. Yeah. Marker. He had stopped making eye contact <clears throat> after his vaccine injury. And you know, when your kid is really, really sick, I think that you want to look at the most important things first. And so he's having diarrhea seven times a day. He's got this cough, this horrible cough, and he's got this mucus. And really, you just want him to be okay. So I wasn't like saying, oh, please don't let my son have autism. Oh, please make him respond to his name. I was saying, oh, please let him not poop these diapers that are making his poor little body all red and chapped. And please let, let him gain a little bit of weight. And please let him sleep through the night. So so that coconut kefir, it did help his gut problems and his, his infections went away quite quickly. Um, and I was surprised 
this is where we get to that gut brain connection. I was so surprised that I had read something that really panned out to be true that, yeah, he's having this, this food I'm putting in his body and he can, now he's looking at me again. Like he's making eye contact. It was like, I, I was going through this like miracle experience in my life, witnessing his, his recovery, you know? Wow. What a discovery. Did, did, when, once you had that discovery, were you able to look back on your life's timeline and, and recognize times where your gut, your diet and lifestyle and what you were putting into body, into your body or, um, pharmaceuticals that you were having affected your health and your brain and your state of mind and your overall life? Oh, a hundred percent. Yes, 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 yes. You know, even, um, you know, just backtracking from Dougie's final vaccine injury, um, to the injury that he received prior to that, which there was one, you know, prior to his DTAP, we went into the, uh, pediatrician's office for the vaccines. And there was a, one of those little signs that spirit, you know, gave me, there was a mother in the pediatrician's office making a little bit of a stink. She wanted to be heard. And so I paid attention to her through the sidelines, but I was very shy back then. Very, very shy. And, um, she said autism about three times and she was filling out a piece of paper and her son was quite not well. Like he was, he was injuring himself. He was kind of having a little tantrum and the nurse kind of was trying to kind of quiet and calm the mom. Like it's okay. And, you know, and I went up to the counter to sign up for my vaccines that day. And the nurse said, you know, uh, you don't need to get these. And I was like, what? I just got a, I just got this note from the mayor. Again, we were, we were late a few times for his, his vaccinations and I didn't know why. And I think the mayor should be held personally responsible. <laughs> Here's the wow. thing. Here's the thing is the doctor's office I was actually going to at that time was actually really progressive and they were oh. actually trying to tell me I didn't need to do it, but they couldn't say it just like that. And they did tell me I didn't need to do it. And I demanded those vaccinations. I was just, I was, uh, I was offended almost, you know, and look, and just, you know, backtracking and backtracking, I could see that I was, I was full infections as a child and, uh, the doctor had given me antibiotics for an eye uh, issue that I had. And as an adult, as a medical intuitive, I really understand how microbiome work in our body and how, um, how autoimmunity plays a role. And I saw myself as a child, the doctor was telling me that I had an autoimmune issue as a child. My immune system worked, was working too hard, um, to, and it was around my eyes and I wound up losing a lot of my eyesight in my right eye. So yes. So my son's illness, um, and recovery taught me a lot about what was already going on in my own body. Can I just interject for one yeah. second? Because when you were a child, it's so interesting to me that you had an issue with the eyes because I feel like you're such a naturally psychic person. Right. And at that time, you might have not been right. having your third eye open. So it's interesting that your body manifested something where right. it couldn't see. Right. And that's tr and it's true. Um, I spent, I can't, I have very poor vision still. In my really? Life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and, you know, so that's something that I'm working on healing. Oh, I think well. you can. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Future story. Go so, ahead. so Gina, would you say that all immune system issues are 
are rooted in our gut health. Or autoimmune. Sure. And no, let's just talk immune about, system. Sure. Let's talk about it like in such easy terms, okay? Mm-hmm. So the microbiome, the little tiny bugs are these just, we can think about them as these, the smallest that we can get in the physical. They're like this, they're very, they're microscopic, right? These tiny little pieces of energy. They were here on this planet before us, right? And over time we've evolved with them. They sort of have become a part of us. Like we're, we're like a living planet and they live and breathe within us and we coexist together and together we have we've evolved. Well, they live interstitially between each and every cell. That means they live between every cell of the body. There's a fluid called lymphatic fluid and they live in there and they kind of make a home in there. And so they, they're the most, most of them are located in your gut. There's also a lot of them on your skin. They're in all different places in your body, but they travel because it's a fluid, right? Now there are certain ones that will stay that, you know, belong in your gut and certain ones that belong on your skin. But their prime, one of their primary jobs is to determine who is good and who is bad. They're like your protective, you, the you bouncer. Know, they're they're like your yeah. That's such a good way to put it. So they are our primary immune system. Those bugs are our primary immune system. So is it mostly in the gut? Yeah, because seventy percent of that is located in your gut. They say seventy to eighty. They also say like we're like ten. We have the ten times the number of bugs in our gut than we have cells, our own cells. So there's actually more of them within oh. us than us. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you think they have a consciousness? Oh my God, of course. Are they like a yes. microcosm of our consciousness so, or do they have their own? Uh, I think that I think that they are actually an entity, like that they are actually a being. That, like all of them are one entity or they each uh-huh. have their own? Well, just like us and just like us and the mama earth. Mm-hmm. All of us are one, but we each, you know, we each mm-hmm. have our own mm-hmm. consciousness and then we merge together. And so we share that collective. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have to look at them too. Like, who are we without them? I look at that for my book. Like, what could I digest without these bugs? And there are a few things that I think I could probably digest, but I might get sick really quickly. And we could talk about that too, if you want. Like, um, there was... Do you want? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Just <laughs> so go for they it. They did this experiment where they um, had mice in a laboratory and they wiped their gut bacteria, completely wiped it out. And those mice um, had all got all the symptoms of autism. <gasps> and then they put it back and those mice recovered. So we can look at you know, autism to also as a gut issue, regardless of if it was triggered by a vaccination. Okay. Cause there's also a lot of research that shows that glyphosate is very connected. That's the main ingredient in Roundup. Glyphosate is very connected to the autism epidemic. It is epidemic now. Um, and it is an immune, you know, there, there's a big immune component to it. Has there been any tests done around autism and, and gut health? Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, um, there, there, there's a study that was done um, a long time ago, which I don't have, you know, every single detail to, but a lot of people are very familiar with it because um, it was very controversial. But there was a doctor named Dr. Andrew Wakefield who mm-hmm. wanted to test, you know, he had some patients who had gut issues after having had the MMR vaccination. Um, at long, you know, this happened so long ago, I can remember hearing about people saying, you know, we're doing a study about, you know, do you have gut issues and autism? You know, so this was something that, that actually, you know, was, you know, the study is itself happened a long time ago. Um, 
so yeah, there haven't there hasn't been anything um, that I know of that is accepted mm-hmm. out there. But what I do know is that you know I think that I wrote that I've served hundreds of families. I think it's probably more like thousands, but I've lost count. So all of my clients who come who have autism or pretty much, you know, like the autism, cancer, autoimmune, those are some things that people will come to me for. They all have gut issues, you know, so they all have things that let's say that we can clear up in the gut, usually pretty simply that will show them results. And, um, can, can you do a study? I mean, you're getting your PhD, are you? Yeah. Sure. I think a study Let's needs to one. happen. Yeah. I mean, I w- my husband and I have dreams about all of that stuff. And I think one day we probably will. But what I like to do when in terms of research is like we can look at what has been studied and then we can look at the results of what we're doing and we can make logical decisions about what to do next or Absolutely. what something might be without spending too much, uh, without being invasive to our bodies. Mm-hmm. You could have a stool test and mm-hmm. stool urine, blood, hair tissue test and find out what's going on in your body. And you can look at other studies and compare. So, uh, yeah, we would love to have more studies so that, you know, I think a good a good way, a good reason to have studies is so that people um, who haven't yet heard about this, because mm-hmm. there's always people who just, they, they weren't aware, you know, mm-hmm. so studies help uh, awareness. Um I would love to just have, have my own, but spirit always tells me, spirit always shows me proof. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm cool. Well, you don't need proof, but I just to, I just want, you know, the, the medical industry to, to like open their eyes. Yeah. That's, that's all. There's some (laughs) too much to ask. I'm sure there's been some other cool, um, I think discoveries that, you know, maybe I wouldn't do them myself, Mm -hmm. but because of the importance of the gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, people have started to do stool um, implants, like um, st- what do they call it? Stool, um, actually implanting healthy stool into a person who's sick and noticing that like um, things like diabetes went down, you know. Really? But the interesting thing that I read in one study or one, one article, I can't remember where I read it, um, was that people were also taking on mood and, or, or other characteristics of the person who they had had the implant. Wow, from. that's oh. fascinating. It's a it's very, very big strange. thing right now. The, the it, whole it, yeah. fe- fecal implant is a massive it thing is? in LA right now. It's a oh, thing? Yeah. Oh, Pe- my people, Lord. But because people really struggle with their guts. And I right. think it's connected to the fact that the, the agricultural industry is becoming more and more devoid of nutrients because the soil is getting completely right. trashed and raped because of the um, agricultural practices Mono, are, so, monocropping. are so old school. And so I think that not the, even the old food, school people knew better. So the food is so devoid of nutrients because the soil's dead. We're not getting the vitamins, the minerals, the new, the fi- all the things from the food that we're meant to, to build that strong immune system and get also the biodiversity in our guts because all of those little things are just sprayed off with all the chemicals and you know pesticides and whatever else that of course we're more susceptible to sickness and lower immune systems because that fundamental biodiversity that we usually get through the crops being um, 
wild in a way or not Mm -hmm. monocropping, as you said, Jenna. I think that it's showing up in our health. And I wouldn't be surprised if we've got lower immune systems and vaccinations are such a you know, mandatory kind of protocol at this point, that that blast to the immune systems for certain sensitive constitutions is more readily reactive in their system because we don't have that immune, that strong immune system to fight it. And it's not just autism, it's thyroid health. It's we're in this kind of health crisis right now. And I think it's because it's all connected to the food chain and our guts and our gut health. But people struggle massively with their digestive systems. It's actually a bit of a miracle like to find someone who's completely okay with what they digest. They don't have reactions. They're completely healthy. They don't always get sick. It's really hard to find that person unless you're really focusing on every day having food as medicine to protect yourself from, you know, all the things that we get slammed with when we've got lower immune systems. Um, mm. I want to ask you, Gina, how, for the average person who's listening to this, how, what are some typical symptoms for someone who would be suffering from, um, you know, issues with their microbiome, issues with their gut? Besides uh, the obvious, like bloating and burping and farting a little bit too much, you know. Um, One thing that a lot of my clients come to me with is um, you get a little bit of mucus in the back of your throat after you eat something. That really shouldn't happen. That's a little bit of too much of a response, too much of an immune response against something that you're eating. Um, Or you get really tired after you eat, like you eat something. Like for me, potatoes will just wipe me out. Um, So you get really tired or Um, another one is poofiness around the eyes or itching. Um, now if I have, if it's not directly happening after I eat, but I notice that I have poofiness around the eyes or a little mucus in my throat, a little, little chronic mild cough or itching on the skin, anything from the skin, um, anything on the skin is related to your gut health. But, you know, I say that loosely because truly everything is connected, right? So of course, you know, we're talking about gut health, but that's connected to everything that lymphatic fluid, it moves throughout your body, you know, and that's like kind of like your body's waste dump, you know, to get to get the stuff out. Um, so yeah, I think skin also, you know, if I can't sleep, I'm not having a, I'm not sleeping through the night or uh, yeast infections for women, um, um, moodiness, all of that stuff actually has, has a place in the gut that we can do some healing work on and, um, feel, you know, good results from. I have this, I have this reoccurring patch of eczema on my finger. Do you think that's a gut health thing? Absolutely. Oh my God. I got to pick your brain after this. I would probably (laughs) recommend, um, even soaking it in a nice, like calendula, um, infusion as well. I'm going to do anything you say. And you're so like, your skin is so beautiful. So Mm, like, I would say also kidney and liver support, but like Mm. you don't have the typical things that tell me that she needs absolute kidney liver support. So I think a little bit of coconut kefir would help you because I can see a little bit of yeast in there too. You can? Yeah. 
Thank you. I'm. Yeah. I will. I'm gonna go to Whole Foods after this and get some coconut cucumber. And I would say if you, you don't have any in your car, <laughs> homemade is better. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I want to learn. Do you have a place where we could learn how to make these probiotic things? I actually have a video. Yeah. Um, and I could even make you a better one, but I do have a video with probiotic. You know, little. You know, we should I'll link that to all to the show. I, yeah, notes. and I want to link it all to. Where on the notes. topic of food being an incredible medicine and such a primary way to heal the gut. This is a perfect opportunity to introduce this episode's sponsor, Otto's Naturals. Mm -hmm. Although many of us like the idea of going gluten-free, some of the GF options out there kind of taste like cardboard and seem nothing like the baked goods we're craving. And that's why we love Otto's Natural, our sponsor for today's episode. Autos has solved this real problem with a magical yet simple product. Yes, being a person who's very in tune with my body, I noticed that I'm more bloated and uncomfortable after eating wheat, which has led me to always be on the lookout for a good GF option. In walks Autos to come to save the day. They have a game-changing, single-ingredient, gluten-free, grain-free, nut-free paleo flour with a taste and texture of wheat. Autos is a true gluten-free miracle. I agree. I'm gluten-free too because eating it makes me feel tired and saps my energy for the rest of the day. But cassava is a delicious root vegetable native to South America that becomes the perfect sub for wheat when dried and ground using the special technique that Otto's invented. Amazing. And now exclusively for our listeners, Otto's is offering code MLF at checkout for 20% off your order at ottosnaturals.com. Go forth with this code and bake gluten-free goodies. And on that note, this might be a good time to talk about how each one of us can be focusing on food as medicine to restore gut health. Gina, do you want to take us through a general approach that you apply to your everyday recipes? Something that I do with my food every day? Yeah. So uh, what wanna, are your general I know, rules? Are, sorry. I, I want to know what you eat every day. That sure. could, and then in that, you could show us kind sure. of what your rules are. You guys, like one of the coolest things that I literally do with my food and uh, my husband will make fun of me too for it. But I literally ask my body, you know, do you want this cabbage? You know what I mean? Like I, I literally take the extra minute to ask about every single ingredient or, you know, like I, or will, this I, will, bowl I might of start cabbage. by taking a breath and bring the cabbage literally up to my heart, exhale and see if my body folds forward or backward. That's a very easy muscle test, energy test. But I wouldn't even pick up the cabbage if I wasn't called to it. So I think even before that, I just kind of really tune in. You know, I'm not, I try not to, uh, like yesterday I got so, I was just kind of like packing and doing crazy things yesterday. So by the end of the day at 10 o'clock at night, I was hungry. And I could have had carne asada fries because that was kind of like the thing that was available. But, um, you know, I don't like to, I didn't, I didn't choose that, but, you know, I don't like to get myself into that position where I would have an opportunity to choose that, you know, but try to be really mindful about what I eat. Um, I love that. Just, yeah. Yeah. And did I, you want to know? Okay. Well, I was going to say, Sorry, take just, us through like a typical day. I know Amber, you have a question you're trying to pop in there. So <laughs> do you, do you want to say no. it and then we'll sort it out after that? 
No, no, no. I was just, I was just like, a, you know, going off Gina's point, which is that so many people get hooked on this idea of this is a local, this is the latest fad. I'm not meant to be on sugar. I'm not to, meant to be on X, Y, Z. Now it's paleo. Now it's vegan. Now it's this and that. And they lose giving themselves the power to just listen to their body's innate wisdom in each moment and each day it can be fresh. And so we so often get hooked on particular ways of eating or particular diets. And I really believe that it's our body is so spontaneous that sometimes we can be filled up on zinc and whatever other minerals. And then the next day it's lacking. And so you're craving that extra food. And I just really feel like we should be doing resonance tests on our food, as you said, Gina, in order to know exactly what our body is asking for and needs in that moment, because each day can be different. So Mm -hmm. I just think that that's a great point. And I use it every single day. I don't, I'm not hooked Mm -hmm. onto any particular way of eating because I trust my body knows what it's, what what it wants. And I just Mm -hmm. have to be open to receiving the wisdom. Mm -hmm. And sensitive people like us, I think we need more of a variety, you know, so I could be raw vegan for a week and then I need to eat meat every day. And it's not because I went to one extreme or, or another. It's literally because of the energies of that moment or, or that's what they're requiring, you know? So, um, I see that a lot with sensitive and psychic people, empathic people that we need a variety. We can't really stick with just one thing. Although like I would my tendencies would be towards maybe wanting to do something really extreme. My body always brings me back to center. Do you eat meat? I'm just curious. I do. Okay. Well, I eat fish. And yeah, and I do eat meat like when here's a thing about me is that I am very compassionate and I think a lot. Sometimes I overthink it, you know, and so I have a had a hard time eat, consuming meat. I was raw vegan for a while, I was vegetarian. So, um the first time I ate meat in quite a while, it was fish. And it came through a channeling. It came through like, it's like I needed to do this for my health. And um, when I did, you know, I prayed over it and it was, it was, it was very difficult, but I ate it and I felt better. So then um, I will go through these periods where I just don't eat it because it's not like the first thing in my mind. And I actually run myself down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I will need something a little bit heavier than fish. But my body can do well eating bone broth and fish a few times a week. But if I go two weeks without having that, it's like I need a burger right now. And it's not even like I – it's not a taste craving. It's like I eat that and I'm alive again. Mm -hmm. My brain turns on. My body turns on. So um, it's it's a very interesting – I'm actually a – so um, I don't come to earth with a lot of a lot of need for meat, but um, there is a little bit there. And you know what it does for me, honestly, is it connects me with the planet and it keeps me grounded. Beautiful. Yeah. And so what are your do's and don'ts rules around gut health? Oh, oh, do's and don'ts around gut health. Well, I think the first do is what we just said, you know, always ask your body. Um, the first don't is just, uh, you know, don't do anything because uh, someone told you to, please (laughs) don't do, you know, this is good for your gut health. This is fermented, you know, kombucha or, you know, whatever, you know, you know, you, you really need to ask your body. Um, um, 
you know, for, for good gut health, always chew your food really, really well. Um, infuse gratitude and love and prayer into your food. Um, these things are vibrational and, you know, they're usually done before you take your first bite, but it really makes a big difference. Uh, in my book, I share, you know, try to eat in a space that you feel is really pleasant. And if you have to wait an hour, then wait, because when you're eating under stress, your, your, um, immune system is not in the gut, you know? So we want to eat at a time when our bugs can actually help us digest, um, yeah, um, I'm thinking of some don'ts and just what keeps coming to me is, you know, this is your journey and you're unique. And so no, no food or modality is like a taboo. You can really do whatever it is that your body needs. Um, there are some people out there who can handle uh, a lot more than I can, <laughs> you know, they have their purpose, you know? So, um, I think don't get fooled by diet fads. You you may actually do really well on like a paleo or keto diet or something like that for a little while. And I can't tell you why you'll do well on it. Maybe you just need that stuff right now. But don't get fooled into thinking that that's your... I was fooled into thinking, okay, I went vegetarian naturally. That was just natural for me. That's just what felt right. And then vegan, when I found out what it was, sure, I was just ready to hop on the vegan train because I love the food. It felt right. I'm doing something ethical and moral too. Okay, great. Now it's good for my health. But then I went raw vegan and now, now I'm like, okay, this is the way I need to eat forever. And guess what? You do too, you know, um, because I was feeling so good and so high on it because it's high vibrational food. And yes, it was nourishing me, but um, I, I got knocked down off that high horse really quickly with a, you know, I got really ill from doing that. Cause what, it, what, in what way? I'm just curious. Um, to be honest with you, like I wasn't listening in, like the signs were there. I just mm -hmm. wasn't listening in. Um, I wasn't grounding enough. Um, mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of psychic work and I was so high. I could, I could just be flying above you were the in city. the ethers. Yeah. You know, all the time. And what brought me back down to earth is I had seizures. I actually really? had seizures. And during that time I was having the seizures, um, I started channeling for the first time ever where spirit was talking through me. Wow. And told during me, the seizures? During it. <gasps> so it was like, Gina, you are not a vegetarian. Oh, and I was like, my okay, God, well, okay. I can't ignore that. <laughs> I can't ignore that. But it still took me two weeks to eat meat after that happens to me. Um, and then it's just like I was telling you earlier about with my son, when I known about some remedies that I was afraid to use, you know, I was like, why did I wait so long? I mm -hmm. feel alive and good. Mm -hmm. Blessings to those fish who gave me, who gave me their body, mm -hmm. but there is no such thing as death. And when I mm -hmm. consume kale, I know that kale has consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so it being a vegan helped me be a lot more aware of the life that is in everything mm -hmm. and the life, like you're saying, Amber, the life in the soil, we are killing soil life. I mean, somebody needs to be holding up a sign for the for the life of the microbiome, you know. To support my my brother-in-law you know? is. It's called Kiss the well, Ground. <laughs> oh yes, that's I, what I, it's actually, all about. Yeah. yeah, I know Kiss the Ground too. So yeah, so yeah, they're fighting for the regeneration of the soil, for the food, for our health, for the planet, for global warming. <laughs> it kind of all, all comes down to the soil. Blessings. It does the soil. Yes, that and that is what I'm all about. You know, so so. Do, do you Gina, do you have general um, ideas about the biochemistry when 
dairy, wheat, and sugar as separate entities connect with our gut health? Is there a scientific reaction? I know you said that we all have tolerances to a different degree, but generally I would say dairy is a dairy, gluten, and sugar. Well, sugar, that, that's a separate issue because there's natural sugars and then there's refined sugars. But mm-hmm. I would say dairy, and correct me if I'm wrong, but dairy and gluten have an inflammatory effect because I think, and correct me, that we're just not designed to digest that particular enzyme in dairy and in in gluten. Can you tell me, correct me on that or or tell me your ideas on dairy, gluten and sugar and and gut health? Sure. I I can share exactly what I see from an intuitive perspective and what I've learned as well. Um, when I see dairy entering the body, I see the little bugs. I can like literally see the little bugs in the gut being like, okay, what do we do now? Okay. You come over here, you know, like, let's see if we have the right ones to take care of this. Oh, we only have a few of the right ones. So some other ones have to come in there and kind of compensate. This causes an inflammatory response because we want to, we want to fight a lot of things that we can't find food in. Now, um, that being said, some people have a different microbiome population and some people have a different chemical makeup in their body, a little bit different. You know what I mean? We're all, we're all made similarly, right? But on a vibrational level, we have, we have uniquenesses, right? And so, um, the more things that are done to the dairy, you know, um, Processing, antibiotics, you know, this makes it pasteurization. Now, that being said, uh, pasteurization, exactly. Um, That being said, some people do really well on a raw, on raw dairy, you know, and there's a bacteria in the gut that helps you, um, that helps you process that. And if you drink your coconut kefir, you can actually produce that. And you can see, you know, it doesn't work for me. I mean, literally saying dairy, like literally makes my throat swell up. Like uh, I'm on, on the call with you. I feel my it throat too. is swelling up. A I actually bit. feel it too. You're, so you're it doesn't, it doesn't work for me, but it is medicine for some people. What I, what I speak to in my book as well is that all food can be medicine and medicine is not necessarily something that you just consume huge bowls of every day. Like it can, it can do something for you. It can help balance something out. It can help heal something. Um, and some people might need more of it, more of it than others. Or some people have different medicines. Um, and the same thing with wheat and like it has to do with the process of the wheat as well. The glyphosate is a big reason why we're not digesting it. You can look at grain and say, I don't even know if humans are supposed to digest grain. But what I do know is that we cannot digest grain at all if we don't if we don't have the microbiome. We're talking the microbiome in the soil to give you the right minerals in the in the grain itself. We're talking the microbiome in our guts to um, process it. So you're not going to get anywhere with wheat if you don't have uh, that microbiome. And in, in the interim, like between the soil and your tummy, you got to soak and ferment that grain to get any kind of nutrition out of it. There's tons of nutrition and grain is just all locked up in there. And we have to, we, we rely on that microbiome at different stages to break it down. And like you said, Amber, our soils are completely deplete. So we're not even eating the same wheat we were eating 50 to hundred years ago. And our, the population in our gut is not the same. So gluten is a heavy hitter on, on the digestive system for most people. And it's going to have an effect over time 
um, where um, they've now identified that, uh, or they think that they have identified that gluten is a big reason in the thyroid, um, you know, for thyroid, uh, autoimmune thyroid issue that the body fights gluten the way that it, you know, the way that it would fight an invader, right? Where the gluten leaks mm-hmm. through. So, um, and that's exactly what I see. Like when I tune in, I see, I see it's like all our little, our little army of microbiome are going in there thinking, okay, who's going to help take care of this? Okay. Well, if we're always going to compensate, if we don't have the right soldiers, some of our soldiers are always going to compensate. And, you know, over time when we eat things that really irritate the gut lining too, we're also making the gut a little bit more permeable. The gluten, the gluten protein and the casein, the dairy protein are things that actually leak through the gut into the bloodstream and whatever, you know, obviously that goes to the brain. And then we have this effect. It's kind of like a they call it a morphine effect. So this is why it's a little bit addictive, the gluten and the casein. I mean, this is what science that I've that I've read and people and teachers that, ha- that I've shared with um, have taught me. But there's so many perspectives on why. And like um, Stephanie Seneff and her research on glyphosate, it, it really paints a- another part of the story as to, well, why is this happening with wheat? You know, that's so, the pesticide that yeah, they spray on it. Right. And not only that, but she has found that there is a protein um, called glycine in the wheat, right? And that the the glyphosate is actually mimicking it. She thinks, they think. So what then happens is that the glyphosate, the chemical product, becomes one Ugh. with that protein Ugh. in the wheat. So now when I ingest it, what's it doing? It's all it's all like the intelligence of nature working with this man-made stuff Ugh. where it's sort of like we've evolved with these little bugs over time, right? And now they're changing, but we're they're still within us. Now what's going to happen? Are we going to have are we going to have our bodies evolving into chemical, you know, that's the, the AI timeline. Yeah. That's one of the and tracks it, we could go on. And if we could, ad- if we could adapt to it and it doesn't harm us, you know, but I just, I don't even want to go down that path. Well, I have to ask you a question because I have one kid that really loves mac and cheese and mm-hmm. that's obviously gluten and dairy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as he's getting older, he's understanding more and he's changing the way he eats. But um, I just want to know for moms out there whose children have maybe eaten these things or even adults who've been eating like one this way, is it reversible? If we start now, everything can be undone, everything. all the damage. Of course. <laughs> what I was oh, everything. You are such a miracle healing machine. We all are. Our children are are even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just yes, everything can be can be. And and I should give you my miso maki. Oh my god, please! Uh, I'm gonna be I call stalking it miso you maki. from now on. <laughs> it's my mac and cheese uh, recipe. Yes, mm. yeah, and it's fermented. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> wow, brilliant! And I bet your child absolutely lives off it. My child would probably not touch it with a ten foot pole. And I don't now know, that- but I, we should try to shove it down these kids' throats. Well, well, while we're on the topic, my kids beg for it. <laughs> he what? My kids beg for miso mac. Wow, they love it. wow. That's yeah, incredible. I mean, it tastes like mac and cheese. It, it does? doesn't. T- it doesn't taste weird. Yeah. Oh, wow. I need that. So, so if we're talking about parents and their best way to set up their kids for the best life ever, <laughs> which means the best microbiome ever, breastfeeding is obviously. Would you say a natural birth affects? 
affects the baby's immune system and microbiome off the get-go? Oh, heck yeah. You know, if a mama can have a baby naturally, all of that microbiome um, coming through the birth canal gets on their mm-hmm. skin and this is how they receive like their their first inoculation. Mm-hmm. You know, the skin to skin. Yeah. I mean, um, if you can do that, oh, that is so, so good. And now they're even realizing that and they're doing vaginal swabs for mamas mm-hmm. um, who can't do that. And um, so that, so at least they're able to, to, to share the microbiome with the baby in that way. And breastfeeding um, is obviously natural, mm-hmm. a natural um, antibiotic and sets mm-hmm. the inner lining of the gut, boosts the immune system. That's like the best thing possible for a baby's microbiome. Is there anything else? I mean, I followed a book, which I can't, the title's escaping me, but I'll put it in the show notes, where it gives you a step-by-step um, protocol of how to introduce food to a to a to a baby, a six month old, or whenever you want to start them on foods in a very mindful way, so that you're very gently starting to layer the gut, so they can ingest things and digest things properly without just being slammed with these big enzymes I've never coped with before. So, have you got any ideas on how to introduce foods? Would you do bone broth first, and then? anything else like mushed up greens or is there anything parents should be aware of to start implementing to help their their baby's gut health yeah um there's one thing i I gotta say i'm I'm really not an expert on this like all the moms out there i've probably read everything and notice how all the experts have different ideas (laughs) right yeah Yeah. so i think if mama if you breastfeed yay that's number one if you can do that and I would say um, go one food at a time and really be mindful of what it's doing. I never gave my daughter grains, no grains at all. Um, so she's five and she was born free birth style. And mm. so she she got to be our, like, just we got to do everything that we thought was really, really right with her. We got to plan it out more. Um, her first food was um, squashed up avocado mixed with a lot of water. Um, she must have had that around six or seven months. So we breastfed her for actually four and a half years. She's five. So. <laughs> wow. Um, awesome. Yeah. So we got, I got to do that. Um, I think my, my biggest thing that I would never do for a child is ever introduce sugar, like white sugar, processed sugar. Why? You just don't, you just don't need to. And once you do, it does change their microbiome. They want it. It's addictive, you know? So, um, I was, um, I didn't even give my daughter a banana, you know, for, for wow. maybe she was three. Maybe you clearly don't have in-laws living around the corner or, you know, too, you know too many bad influences in your life. Cause that makes it really difficult to keep control over your children's diet. It does. Let me tell you about the margarine that my daughter ate at Thanksgiving at my mom's or the M&Ms that freaked me out and the candy cane she stole from like, <laughs> the, yeah, that freaked me out. But I felt like, you know, you do what bit. you can, yeah. you do what you can at home. My, my parents want to spoil the kids, you know, and th- that's their idea of, of spoiling just them. give them a little bit of poison that'll spoil yeah. them we love this we'll spoil. That should spoil something but actually it's so funny because my daughter my my parents didn't actually give her that stuff but she was so curious you know mm-hmm. she's like found this like really gross aspartame pudding at my parents house and is like 
margarine, you know, just, I'm like, Violet, why, you know, why this? Why not like a regular piece of bread? But no, like she wants to go for the plastic. I told her that's made out of gasoline. What did I tell her? And crayons. I just try to help her understand what <laughs> yeah, it was made yeah. out of. I was like, yeah. this is made out of red crayons and gasoline. Inedible. But that's such a brilliant <laughs> way for them to learn and really get the lesson. And then yeah. they can yeah. make their own choice yeah. going forward, yeah. which is how we yeah. want to teach them. You want to give yeah. them all the information and then they can yeah. make the choice. Do I want to have something that's going to make me feel like right. terrible afterwards or something that's going to make me feel great or something that could make me sick or something that could make me healthy, strong like the Hulk or, you right. know, all week. So right. that's, that I try, I try educate my son like that. And so basically with the, just where I want to ask a question about the psychic diet, because we're yeah, know, getting short on time. Say. So we're going to get I into know. that next. So I, my last question is just on the whole microbiome thing, is the aim of the game to consider our unique constitutions and consider where we're at within our internal balance of our good and bad bacteria. And then from that analysis, from that place, move forward in an intuitive way or some guidance from the right um, practitioner with using food to continually sustain that balance. And then therefore that then supports our immune system, our mental, emotional health, and everything else great in life. Would you say that's the aim of the game? I'd say that's really key. And that once you do start being more mindful of what you're putting in your mouth and what you're digesting, you start really understanding your gut health, everything else that you need to do, if I need to support another organ or if I need to do a detox or if I'm going to have some spiritual healing, because we all do, you know, that if you're wanting to heal that, you really can begin by thinking about your gut because we're going to eat every day. So we can be more mindful about the choices we put in our mouth every day. We can make a connection with our food every day. Beautiful. And if some people want help with having the initial analysis on what's happening in their gut health, would you say the best way to approach that is to get a stool sample or how, how would someone go to understand where they're starting from if they're looking at rebuilding or just maintaining good gut health? Um, I actually have a free chapter for my book called talk about good poop. And in that, uh, chapter, I have a little chart about, uh, what your poop looks like when it's healthy and not, and all the different things that your poop's telling you. So I actually recommend first look into the toilet and you can see, you can see, I'll tell you a couple of things. Um, if it's floating, you're having a problem digesting fat. So you might want to just lower your fat or look at the fats that you're eating and support the liver because the liver is some is a part of you that's digesting the fat, but, or, you know, it has a lot to do with the fat digestion. Um, also, um, if your poop is all cracked, you know, like cracking, you see some dog poopoos on the sidewalk like that, that's constipation. There's dryness in there. We need to be hydrated, you know? So we're not just talking about drinking water, but absorbing the water you're drinking. And when it comes to fats, we're not just talking about, oh, cutting out the fats. We're talking about, you're not really properly absorbing fat. So guess what? You're not properly absorbing your fat soluble vitamins. Let's look at the fat we're eating. Let's support our digestive system to um, eat good fats and, and assimilate those good fats. Um, and again, there's, um, like I said, I have a free chapter and you can look at that. I like to tell, to kind of empower people with their own information. Um, stool samples can, can be good that people would generally get a stool sample if they were really 
confused about what it might be, what kind of bacteria, or do I have diverticulitis or, you know, um, and they're looking for in the, in the, what they have tried maybe hasn't worked. And so, um, it's not usually the first place people go, but they can, they can do that if they've been really sick for a while, you just have to get a doctor who knows how to understand it too. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And quick question, what's your idea on enemas and colonics and the correlation between our gut health and that? So I love enemas. Um, I've only had one colonic in my life. What's it, the difference between an enema and a colonic? Um, so an enema is an enema is like a smaller amount of water and you do it at home. I mean, unless, unless you guys have a colonic machine at home, <laughs> that no. where they would just put a lot of water through your system. Um, and there's all different types of colonic machines, but I, I like enemas. Um, more gentle. I like them. They're more gentle and more cost effective and you could do it at home. So you don't have to travel anywhere and you can take your time with it. The reason why I, the recommendations I like always things that you can just take your time because we need time to let it, to let our bodies absorb and understand. Um, I, I like enemas to help us, um, release that impacted bowel, which a lot of us have. So if you have some gut issues and you've never done a detox or you've never done an enema, you may benefit from an enema because you may have some impacted ball. And once that comes out, we can, oh, it's going to, we can absorb nutrition better. We can absorb water better. Um, an enema. Flush out can, parasites. Exactly. I had, um, I had healed myself from a, a tumor and coffee enemas were huge. Huge I was about that. to say the other great thing about enemas is that you can choose an extra remedy to pop in the water. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I got a bit obsessed with enemas and got into coffee enemas, chlorophyll enemas, mm-hmm. <laughs> vitamin enemas. You can you can really get get kind of funky with it. But I, I've heard coffee enemas really activate the liver, and then that really helps cleanse out the colon and kill off bacteria and parasites and then kind of reboots the system. Really incredible high from a coffee enema as well, readily absorbed into your system. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I did one yesterday. All right. (laughs) In in preparation for this. (laughs) Um, Actually, something came to me that I'd like to share just when you said that. I remembered that I'd had a dream. I was still living in Chicago and um, it was a very, like, one of those things like you sit up and you're like, okay, yes. You know, (laughs) I had this dream that in order to heal autism, we had to heal through the colon. And I was shown that we would detox this way, but we would also, uh, reinsert nutrition this way. So like when you said the chlorophyll, that really triggered me to remember that, that whenever I suggest enemas to people, I usually suggest implants, but through the colon is where we can absorb um, a lot of nutrition. And if you have a child with autism or you have somebody with severe gut problems who is not absorbing, um, even a small syringe of, you know, like your chlorophyll or whatever probiotic or whatever you can, um, you can actually insert it that way. And I've had a client, I've had little baby clients who maybe have all kinds of issues and I'll tell them, Let's start out with just an implant, which is a little syringe into the rectum of a little bit of probiotic or a little bit of a superfood 
powder, little, um, like an algae or something simple, you know? Um, and they'll be like, wow, that worked. You know, wow. so you got to have a certain really, type of child as well that is <laughs> easily persuaded because I, I cannot I'm, imagine yeah. my four year old okaying that was a an, baby. An yeah. Oh, got it, got it, yeah. got it. Oh, that's a baby. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah. Wow. Amazing. Incredible. Well, I know Jenna's itching to get into the psychic diet question. Take us through it, Gina. Um, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll ask her. So, um, <laughs> what, so tell us, so you, how does diet and psychic ability connect in this realm? Well, um, and I have to take off my jacket for this. <laughs> um, so the, we were talking about how the gut talks to the brain, right? And your psychic ability is a natural brain ability. We're all psychic. We're all born with that pineal gland. We, we all have dreams. We all have intuitions and we know that everyone knows that, you know? So, um, what we put into our gut affects our psychic ability. That's it. You know, that happens when I started drinking the coconut kefir, I could not shut up about the things I was saying. I mean, I just couldn't stop the flow. I would see somebody in the street. I'd be like, I would just know what was happening with them. So I started to, I, I started and also spirulina. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've, Mm-hmm. That just was one of the things. And Shazandra Berry was another one of the things. I started finding these foods and consuming these foods. It's like, oh my God, what I eat is indeed affecting my own psychic power. So um so there's so there's the component in that what you eat affects the psychic ability. Um fermented foods, there's certain bacteria and there's certain um neurotransmitters and stuff like for example coconut kefir um, increases your serotonin and serotonin that happiness chemical i believe that serotonin is another way to connect with the divine so like when we're in this like high state of joy and bliss that we're actually producing more serotonin and since coconut kefir helps with that i believe that that's why that happened for me Mm, i didn't have such a um difficult like the that didn't have to go through such a difficult pathway for me because naturally psychic. I was already a little bit psychic. Um, the other component of the psychic diet is um, honoring your own psychic power wherever you're at, wherever you're at right now, and just understanding it, being mindful that you have that psychic ability, and making the intention to have a relationship with your food. Mm-hmm. So I have intuition which is, you know, my internal response to outer stimuli could be like emotion or something like a signal that I get. It's my intuition, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, I use it every day. I have my instinct. That's the automatic stuff Mm -hmm. that happens that my body does. And then I have my psychic power, which is my, um, it's kind of like a mixture between instinct and intuition. And it's then some, it's spirit, Mm -hmm. it's connection. It's me and the collective. It's me out there in the collective connecting with everything. And the psychic diet, I just bring it down into food. It's you connecting with your food, understanding um, the vibration of that food and if it wants to marry with the vibration of your body and Mm -hmm. understanding your response to it. And um, it's also, um, like I said, using food to increase your psychic ability and using your own healing power to... um, heal any of your issues with food. We have a lot of issues with food. So, you know, guilt and a lot of guilt, right? You know, I mean, it's 
it's out, <laughs> it's out there in the media, you know, you should be eating this way, this way, this way, or this way. Right. And that creates all of this stuck energy around eating. We have a lot of stuck energy around eating. So the psychic diet is about slowing down, understanding your own body's uh, intuition and psychic power and making a, a psychic relationship with your food. So that that's psychic, meaning that, you know, spiritual, vibrational, mm -hmm. really increasing that awareness mm -hmm. of that vibrational relationship with your food. Absolutely. I think that's so valid and brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, it's because I, I guess like it started out with, are you eating your bugs? My book was called, are you eating your bugs? Cause I just couldn't believe what, why we're, why we are not told we should eat these things because, oh my gosh, they really helped me. But what really happened as I was healing is that my psychic ability skyrocketed and I realized not everybody can actually eat their bugs. Some people have to do other things first. Some people will never be able to eat fermented foods, but we can all pay attention to our gut and do the right things for our gut, feed the bugs that are already in there. Mm -hmm. And we all can tune in and understand. And that was the most important thing that I learned through writing it because I felt like spirit was writing it through me is that we, I mean, that's why I just keep saying it is that we are unique. We need to slow down and hear that inner voice and respond and take the time and understand that we already have all the tools that mm -hmm. we need. We are all that we need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I so, so believe that and agree with that 100%. And so Gina, in case you haven't gathered, has written an incredible book about all of this, about um, you know healing her son, about um, about diet, about the psychic diet, about everything uh, on that entire topic. So we're absolutely going to link it to the show notes. And I hope that you guys will check it out if you want to know more about this stuff because it's What's um, the title? really amazing. The title is, Are You Eating Your Bugs? An Adventure in Thriving with Probiotic Foods, Energy Healing, and the Psychic Diet. Wow. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And incredible. And so how can people and get hold of you? How can people get hold of the book? Do you have websites and Instagrams and everyone can follow? I sure do. I have blissedlife.com. That's my website. I'm on Facebook as Gina Laverde. Um, come follow me and talk to me. You can even email me at Gina at blissedlife.com. Um, and I shared earlier that I am doing a show where on the show I will share medical intuitive readings. People could talk to me, tell me what they need, and I can tune in and maybe help them figure out something um, for their own health. What a great service to provide. That's amazing. So incredible, Thank Gina. Thank you so much. Wow. We've had such a deep and beautiful conversation going on an hour and 14 minutes. So whoever's stuck <laughs> with us, well done. We're actually just getting to the good stuff at the end here with the psychic, <laughs> the psychic gut. Um, well, Gina, thank you so much for being on with us today and sharing your wisdom. That was seriously epic. And um, I hope so that, epic. yeah, I hope that everyone jumps on the gut health train because that's, as we've discovered today, that's kind of determines the quality of your life. So why not? And that concludes our interview today. So thank you, Gina, once again for being with us. Really appreciate your time and wisdom and information. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this app as much as we did. If you did, please show your support by sharing this episode, leaving us a review, leaving us um, a five-star review, and help us grow and spread the love. And we would love to have you with us next time. So until then, have an incredible week, day, minute, life. Lots of love.
See you next week. Bye. Bye.